coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. If you can keep that whole and like you cut it in a certain way, you can wrap the meat so it like you can you can like uh, roll the meat so then that way it's one big strip. Cool. And that's the best way, I believe, to have Korean barbecue with the bone on because it's the presentation to it. And if you marinate it like that and you cut it uh, crosswise so that the marinade can get in and you grill it, it'll be the best thing that you'll ever have. Wow. Okay. No pressure. Yeah, right? <laughs> or I'll make it for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that might be better. Yeah. <laughs> Why is there no cheese in Asian cuisine? Oh. There's one culture that has cheese, actually. Is ah. it? Yeah, that's Korean food, actually. <laughs> ah, funny. Interesting. If you look at like all those YouTube videos, uh, actually, most of my day sometimes is just spent looking at just Asian food overseas, <laughs> like people that just go out to eat and they just take like uh, videos of street food. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother says the same thing. And uh, he's lactose intolerant, but he loves cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, hey, you know, what will be really good with this cheese. I was like, man, not, not everything will taste better with cheese. He's like, <laughs> But when you go back to Vietnam, like you'll, you'll be sitting on the floor and like a little kitty chair on the street, eating <laughs> hunched over. Uh, <laughs> there might be bones in your meat, but like, that's how, that's the Vietnamese culture. We love mm-hmm. eating, like just even like gnawing on fish bones. Right. Right. They just love doing that and drinking a beer. That's like their normal Monday morning. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm having a flashback to Anthony Bourdain. sitting in a little kitty chair as large as he was i know bowls of uh, noodles (laughs) coming to you from saint petersburg florida you're listening to the saint petersburg foodies podcast the show that's the authority on where to eat in saint pete here are your hosts kevin godby and Lori brown hi i'm kevin godby And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Don Wynn. Don is our go-to guy for all things Asian food, and this episode is dedicated to it. After dawn, we make Korean barbecue with the flank steak from St. Pete Meat and Provisions. We We have have a great great show, so stick around. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine, and you can even get a regular old cheeseburger too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. 
Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? Dat's Restaurant in downtown St. Pete not only has some of the tastiest food, they are also unique and creative. They're the home of comfort food with flair, a foodie wonderland filled with bacon, cheese, and house-made breads. I love their shrimp and grits, which made our top 10 list. The trick is they use cream cheese and an Indian makani sauce. They also have a bunch of great burgers that use certified Angus beef. And two that they're famous for are the Cheesy Todd, where instead of a bun, you have two bacon jalapeno mac and cheese buns, and then the Double D, where you have two whole glazed donuts instead of a hamburger bun. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. I love the spaghetti in meatball, ginormous meatball stuffed with spaghetti inside the meatball, then served on top of more pasta. They also have tacos, fish and chips, meatloaf, pulled pork, grouper sandwich, salmon, a great steak salad, and tons more. They've got a huge location with lots of outdoor seating, and the inside is as spacious as it gets, great for social distancing. They're right in the heart of downtown St. Pete on the very first block of the famed Central Avenue, 180 Central Avenue. Their website is datstampa.com, and on Facebook you can find them at dats for foodies Check out Dats in downtown St. Pete. Please welcome super foodie, food influencer, marketing guru for Stillwater's Tavern in Bella Brava, and my go-to Asian food advice guy, Don Wynn. Not to mention a really great guy. Welcome, Don. Nice to see you guys again. Yes. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh my God. When did I we I think we met? At the Italian recipe contest? Yeah, that was 2018, right? And then you guys had a, um, a party outside in our event space. Several parties. We did. Yeah, yeah. We did. So our main topic today is Asian food, which is a huge one. We could have like a regular podcast just about Asian food and never <laughs> run out of stuff. But uh, let's also give a shout out to your regular job at 2B Hospitality, which is the company that owns Stillwater's Tavern and Bella Brava, both on Beach Drive in downtown St. Pete. Yes. Mm, yeah. I am the secret office manager that stays upstairs. No one ever sees me. I'm nah. pretty much take care of uh, everything and everything that no one wants to do. And uh-huh. whether it's payroll, invoices, HR, they always give it to me. But how can you get all the fun the stuff? On. Hmm? <laughs> how can you get all the fun stuff? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you so, also get to do the photography and stuff too. I do. Uh, I've been doing the uh, photography more, but with the uh, marketing, actually, uh, my owners wanted to take it over because they just, uh, they wanted to uh, be more uh, hands-on with the restaurant just to kind of like 
get more insight on like what's going in, what's going out, what new dishes are coming in, what to, new dishes are like not mm-hmm. doing well. And they've been uh, they've been doing that more. So I've been uh, been actually taking a backseat to it, just doing more of the photography side. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect because they enjoy uh, what they're doing, keeps them involved with the restaurants too. So right. yeah, awesome. you're great with the photography. Your yeah. your Instagram is Thank spectacular, you. and your last name is spelled N G U Y E N. Pronounced yes. Win is the most common pronunciation. Pronounced Win. It's the it's the easiest way to pronounce my last name. And even for me, like I grew up even not knowing how to pronounce my, my last <laughs> name. It's just my my uh, uh, I guess my um, understanding with accents for uh, in the Vietnamese language is really bad. Mm-hmm. I took a Vietnamese class in college and sadly, I actually got a B in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, that's man. Hysterical. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that get bees in English. True. <laughs> actually, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. But the best funny, pronunciation to it is actually "oying" mm-hmm. instead of "win." It's actually "oying," and it's just mm-hmm. there's these all these um like accents that kind of uh, it's uh, if you think about it, it's almost like music, or it's also actually almost like the French language, where like the accents, if you see an inflection, it goes it kind of goes up. If you see like mm. the inflection go down, then it, your tone goes down. Right. So. Isn't that uh, true in Chinese also? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, there's mu- there's like music added to it. Mm-hmm. Like if you say, a, 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 make a sound with a higher pitch, it means something, the same sound means something different with a lower pitch. Right. Yeah. Right. But there's so many uh, dialects in Chinese that I don't know if it holds true for all of them, but right. one of them, right. it'll hold true. <laughs> right. right. There you go. Right. So, so you are Vietnamese, uh, Origin, I am of Vietnamese descent, yes. Which is that's the most common last name in Vietnam. But I, I did find out that uh, you will find the same last name occasionally in Korea and I think Japan too. Uh, I've never come across it. But mm-hmm. if anything, there's like variations of it because uh, the way I kind of uh, grew up understanding like almost Asian cultures, we're all pretty much intertwined in one another. I mean, if you ask like a, a different nationality, they'll say like, hey, they were the first ones to be here. And then they they branched off to us or like the Vietnamese were the first ones there. And then they branched out to like Chinese and the Koreans and everything. But like you will never know the history because everybody will think their history is correct. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in, like- any, in some way, like uh, I know like there's the best way I can describe it is that we have similarities to other cultures whether it's food or even last names or even like the language mm-hmm. and uh if you see it like that then you'll be you it's uh you'll be able to understand even like just food a lot better too because you're just like oh like this culture has like let's say an egg roll but this culture has a lumpia or this uh this culture has like a harumaki like mm-hmm. they're all variations of egg rolls or some sort of like crispy roll mm-hmm. and uh when you start to see it like that we're not all alike, but we're different in like a certain way. And that's what, what I guess that's what makes like culture amazing. And even mm-hmm. just going out to eat because you get so many different like cultures that you can just have like something similar, but yet mm-hmm. they're, they're so different. Right. It's right. my favorite way to learn about culture. Yeah. Eating. Eating. So, yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah, food, but... <laughs> so where, where were you born and, and where'd you grow up? I was born in Orange Park, Florida, as everyone. <laughs> I, I always tell that to my friends and they're like, what? What do you mean you were born in Orange Park, Florida? I was like, I was born in Orange Park, Florida. I wasn't born in Vietnam <laughs> yeah. or anything, but I was the first one to be born in my family here. And uh, they uh, they escaped from Vietnam 
and uh, they ended up in California. My dad was a doctor, but he, he, um, I love him. And he, uh, he was a doctor in Vietnam and he escaped. And the only thing that he could find as a job was to be a uh, pool man oh. because he didn't know English. So he, had, he needed to get his license over here. And I mean, he can't practice over here because he didn't know English and he didn't have a license. So he need, he just, he worked hard to get his license here. And I mean, he's my inspiration to anything. And he loves food too. So that's why. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So were they fleeing the war? Uh, yes. And, and, you know, we refer to it as the Vietnam war. Right. I found out that in Vietnam, they refer to it as the American war. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a joke, really. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. So my first question is actually for Lori, oh. getting into Asian food. When you think of Asian food, which countries do you think of? I think of Thailand, Vietnam, China, mm-hmm. India. Uh, I'm, that's, that's, that's good. Okay. Laos, so, so, so Laos. okay. You got more, you got more than I thought you would. Um, so I, <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. Thank I, you. I, I Googled, you know, uh, countries in Asia yesterday to prep. And they came back with some, I forget how many it was now. I think it was like in the, in the high fifties, but mm-hmm. then I start reading them and it's like, like, for example, you said India mm-hmm. and that article was answering the question on the continent of Asia. But I think if you're looking at Asian culture, I would not include India. I mean, they even included some, like they included Israel, for example. Yes. Israel. So I'm like, uh, who's writing this stuff? I don't know. But anyway, so the ones They're that in the Middle East, the, 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 <laughs> the countries that I think most people think of are China, Japan, Korea. Oh, Th- I forgot Japan. Th- <laughs> I forgot that. Th- Thailand and Vietnam. Now, I found it interesting because I'm looking at the map of Vietnam and right next to it. Well, you said you said Laos. I said Laos so, and I missed Korea. But uh, Laos and Cambodia, Cambodia, or at least around here, I almost never, I think once I heard somebody mention Laos, Mm -hmm. never Cambodia, but always Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe Vietnamese, ah, easy for me to say, maybe Vietnamese food is just better. Right. Which leads to my first question for you, Don. Yes. Which which Asian food is the best? I'm not going to be biased with my own because (laughs) it's just, it's just, it's just being biased. But the way I describe I guess it's a hard answer. It's a, it's a hard question for me because the way I get restaurants in general, or even just Asian cuisine, like when I go to a restaurant, I don't think this restaurant's the best. Cause I normally like when I go to a restaurant, I look for that one dish that I love. Right. And that one dish is what they do well. Mm-hmm. Like when I go out to uh, let's say Vietnamese food and I want pho, I go to this one restaurant for pho. I don't get anything else from there. I get pho because that's what they do best. And uh, I might go to another Vietnamese restaurant where they do like uh, egg rolls really good. And I only get the egg rolls there. And um, with that said, uh, I, um, I really like now in my, um, I guess in my food adventures now, I've been eating Korean barbecue every day. <laughs> really? Cool. Yes. Now, are you making uh, it Korean yourself barbecue or where is are you getting it? Are you making uh, it yourself or? No, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a restaurant on Almerton in Clearwater. It's called Matt Joa. And uh, there's a, a blue sign with a frog on it. And the frog is a symbol is a uh, symbolization of luck. Ah. And um, 
Korean barbecue to me is just there's an aspect of it that's uh, common in Asian culture that it's just I love. And uh, granted, it's during COVID, but it's it's the it's the style of food for eating as a family. So it's mm-hmm. family food, right? So where it's where it's usually where like everybody kind of sits around the table, and then there's uh, whether if it's a grill or just like um, platters of food, everybody shares those food. And mm-hmm. it's just like a, it's a nice time when you can just sit around with the family and you guys talk and whether it's your, your buddies or your friends or your family, you guys are drinking or not, but you guys get to sit around and just talk about everything and just eat together. And it's one of the greatest aspects about food, I believe, mm-hmm. is about sharing with other people. And um, I guess going back to your question, yes, uh, if my favorite cuisine right now, probably Korean. Because... And I forgot to say Korea, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds fun. We're going to have cool. to check that place out. Yeah, totally. One day I'll take you guys and then uh, you'll understand. It's like, oh, yeah, it's really Yeah, we want to go with when... you. I think that's yeah. a great idea. Okay, I'm in. Yes. So I'll be two, the cook. <laughs> two, 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 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> two interesting things from that. What I would say is to, to answer which Asian food is the best, I would say the one I'm eating right now. <laughs> <laughs> and funny thing is, so we have a, a segment after we're done with you, Don, mm-hmm. and it's it's sponsored by St. Pete Meat and Provisions, and they provide the meat for it. And I told David Bensuck, I said, we're going to be talking to Don Wynn about eight, all kinds of Asian food. So I want to do something that matches up with that. What should we do? He says, do Korean barbecue. <laughs> yes. What so that said- was the first thing I thought. I, so ever since you, um, I think you guys posted about St. Pete Meat and Provisions, and I looked yes. at it. I was like, oh, wow, they have a lot of good things. They do. There's this one thing that they have. It's uh, it's the whole chuck short rib, I believe. Ooh. Or it's not chuck. It's just a short rib. Is that the and, one that's like six pounds or something? And yeah. It's and it's got the-, the bone inside. And in Korean culture or in Vietnamese culture, you would cut that and it would be called L.A. Harbi and or it's L.A. short ribs. And what it means is a lateral access cut. So that's why you have like the little bone on the very bottom. And then you have cool. this like um, meat that's popping out from the, from the rib. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can keep that whole and like you cut it in a certain way, you can wrap the meat. So it like you can you can like uh, roll the meat. So then that way it's one big strip. Cool. And that's the best way, I believe, to have cream barbecue with the bone on because it's the presentation to it. And if you marinate it like that and you cut it. Uh, crosswise so that the Mary can get in and you grill it, it'll be the best thing that you'll ever have. Wow. Okay. No pressure. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Or I'll make it for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) That might be better. Yeah. So you, you did send over some really great topics and we definitely are going to get into them, but I'm going to just knock out two more of my own. Why is there no cheese in Asian cuisine? Oh, there's one culture that has cheese actually. Is ah, it? That's Korean food, actually. <laughs> ah, funny, interesting. If you look at like all those YouTube videos, uh, actually, most of my day sometimes is just spent looking at just Asian food overseas, <laughs> like people that just go out to eat and they just take like uh, videos of street food. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother says the same thing, and uh, he's lactose intolerant, but he loves cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, you know what will be really good with this? Cheese." I was like, "Man, not not everything will taste better with cheese." He's like. <laughs> And then uh, I accidentally ended up going to a Korean barbecue place and they had this one dish called corn cheese mm. and it's just corn and cheese. Yum. And it just pairs well with everything. Like when you put a little bit of sesame oil and salt, it's so good. 
Um, I love corn and I love cheese. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a fascination over there now. Like they, uh, they do these, these, uh, like spicy Korean, um, uh, like it's, I think it's called, uh, but I could be wrong. So don't quote me on that, but it's these, uh, uh, spicy. Oh, it's, I'm sorry. It's called bulldog uh, chicken and it's these spicy chicken and they've put cheese right on top. So when they pulled the, the chicken from it, they take some of the cheese and wrap it around the chicken Cool. and then you can eat it. Awesome. And it's like this combination of like uh, spicy and sweet and then the cheese mellows it. So it's nice. their fascination over there. I, I really want to try it. Too. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I, I looked it up and I thought of this. Actually, I'm, I'm making my notes for, for today when I'm just getting dinner started. So I'm pulling stuff out of the fridge and I see my, my cheese drawer and it hits me. I'm like, there's no cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I Googled it and it says here briefly in Chinese culture, cheese consumption was historically limited to nomadic tribes living on the fringes of society who were gen generally viewed as outsiders or barbarians. So eating cheese was associated with an unsavory lifestyle. Oh, wow. that's ironic. That is <laughs> the Neanderthals. <laughs> so what are your recommendations for three things, fish sauce, a dark soy sauce and a light soy sauce. So with, uh, let's see, what was the first one again? Fish sauce. Fish sauce. Fish sauce. So fish sauce, uh, there's many cultures that do it. And for me, I grew up with, uh, a brand called three crabs hmm. and it's one of the best fish sauce that I've, I've cool. used to try that. Out. And, and, um, well, going from there, there's like, I guess there's special occasions when you use specific um, fish sauce. There's one called the squid brand, and that's good for when you cook. Mm -hmm. mm. Three crabs is good when you cook. Or if you want to make this thing called a nipmam, it's fish. It's called basically fish sauce, but mm -hmm. it's a seasoned fish sauce that uh, in Vietnamese culture we uh, use for, let's say, like egg rolls or even like some rice dishes. Mm -hmm. And um there's also this one new one that I just got. It's called Mega Chef and it doesn't sound Asian at all. Right. But it's, <laughs> but like, there's like two different um, numbers on them and it's, it, it, it's about their potency. So the mm. higher, the, I think the higher the number, the more potent it is. Huh. But and you, uh, you get that my, at the Oriental market. Yes, you can get that at MD. I was MD. actually there today. Cool. So. You were there today? <laughs> I'll be I'll be making notes from this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, but yeah, the fish sauce, uh, that's probably the best, the best all around, probably the three crabs. Anything in if you're when you're in doubt and you're at an Asian store, if you look at anything that has three of something, you're probably in luck. Ah. Cool. Cool. And what's the one you have? Red boat? I have red boat, yeah. Red boat. Red boat's pretty good. Okay, good. <laughs> and then you actually gave me recommendations for a dark soy sauce and a light soy sauce. And ironically, we found out that the uh, dark soy sauce is actually li was lighter in color. Yeah, <laughs> we did a soy sauce tasting. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. So well, it, it depends on the culture. So yeah. for me, I even get this confused all the time. So in certain cultures, dark soy sauce, dark soy sauce actually means like sweet soy sauce. Mm, so it's a thick sweet soy yeah. sauce uh, i think uh in like uh, i could be wrong on this but chinese cuisine dark soy sauce is that it's like a mm -hmm. thicker sweet soy sauce 
And then light soy sauce is just basically what our regular soy sauce is. It's not, it's not low sodium soy sauce. A lot of people. Oh God, think no, that, they're not. It's just <laughs> no, light soy sauce is just regular soy sauce. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it's the-, the Japanese culture where it's different. Japanese culture, the soy sauces are flipped around and no, I actually it was the, it was the Chinese soy sauce that it was, was different. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's know. what you bought the light and dark of. <laughs> yeah. And what we compared, we, we did Kiko man's mm-hmm. um, low sodium. He, so mm-hmm. he had me do a blind taste test. So he did Kiko man, low sodium. Then we had the Chinese light and dark. And then we had our um, artis- Jap- artisanal, artisanal Japanese soy sauce mm-hmm. that was recommended by Samin Nosrat from salt, fat, acid, heat. And I got it all right, except for the light and dark, because I was going by color on the Chinese. I couldn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> and what got, what got me started on that? And just a shout out to, uh, and I don't know, know these people at all. I just enjoy it. I just found their blog. It's I am a food blog. And she was saying that if you, if you're making Chinese food, you should use Chinese soy sauce. It is making, so salty. You know, if you're making Japanese food, you should use Japanese soy sauce and so on. Yeah. Kevin loved, so the, fa- I- loved the faces I made when I tasted the mm-hmm. Chinese soy sauce. It was like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> no, that is true. Uh, like um, my friends, they gave me a thing called uh, Batis and it's in Filipino culture. It is fish sauce, but mm-hmm. I made it. I made, a, uh, I guess, uh, Nick Mum, which is our dipping sauce in Vietnamese culture uh, with that sauce. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's too, it's too salty. Mm-hmm. So it's correct. You have to use, if like if you make a Filipino dish, you make you make it with Filipino ingredients. Right. Right. Makes sense. Every mm-hmm. once in a while you can interchange, but for the most part, that's pretty correct. So an interesting thing came up. We were watching uh, the weekend news and they have a food segment. And in this case, they were uh, they visited a restaurant in Philadelphia, which was a, a Thai restaurant. And one of the things she brought up is well, a couple of things that relate that related. She said on they will do not have pad thai on the menu oh right this was on the cbs but this morning they'll make segment, it right. they'll make it for takeout but it's not on mm-hmm. the menu and part of that she was saying that you know because that's i guess it's street food if i mm-hmm. perceive it correctly but she was saying she wants to change the thinking amongst many non-asians that all asian food should be cheap so this was her her thai restaurant was leaning more towards a fine dining type of mm-hmm. restaurant right. and i think most americans think of most Asian food as they think of street food mm-hmm. or, or cheap and it, and it should be inexpensive or at a buffet or something to that effect. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on that, Don? For me, like a lot of the common uh, Asian foods that you see, like whether it's a uh, dim sum, like dim sum's a good example, that's meant to be cheap. It's mm-hmm. just uh, like a morning brunch for uh, the whole family. You go out, you pick dumplings here and there, you pick, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, fried shrimp balls, you name it. And then like, you just share it off with the family, mm-hmm. but there is a, there is a part where Asian food can be like a Michelin star mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. a, one of those expensive restaurants. It can be, mm-hmm. uh, you see that a lot. in let's say, um, uh, I've seen it a lot in even Vietnam, Vietnam, they'll elegantly plate some, uh, some fantastic dishes. They'll comfy a lot of random things and uh the dishes that you see are very composed mm-hmm. and um i think it's i think it's just like a cultural thing where we asian food used to be just so cheap 
And like, it was just something quick that you can always get. But um, there's a lot of people out there that want, they want our culture to be more valued, I guess, whether uh, in terms of food, mm -hmm. um, like we're, we're not just like the street food where it's just, oh, it's just simple fried rice. And it's like a, you know, $5 fried rice, or mm -hmm. uh, you can get something like something cheap here. There is some uh, elegance to it. There's a lot of things that even for me, I haven't eaten that are just super expensive to me in terms of like Asian culture. Mm -hmm. Like I just, it's, it's a luxury to them. And I've, I've never eaten those, but I, I know that there's like a movement there where it's important to know like the value of your food. Right. It's interesting. Do you know the Instagram account Chopsticks and Stilettos? Yes. Marissa? Marissa is my friend. <laughs> so so um, funny thing. I just thought of this. this is not even in my notes, but we're going to New York in uh, November. I know mm -hmm. it's way out there. She even laughed that I'm asking her at this. Point we're so now. excited to be going on a trip, though. We're like planning it yeah. all in yeah. advance. So yeah. she's, she's a foodie and a model <laughs> and influencer and seems like she is from Tampa, but now lives in Manhattan. And I just saw her post that she was posting in Chinatown. I'm like, I'm going to message her now while I'm thinking about it. And I was asking for recommendations. And she gave us uh, several different restaurants. And But just like you were saying before, she goes, go here for this dish. Right. Mm -hmm. Go here, this other place for this other dish. And she's giving me all these recommendations. She's like, this one's $5. This one's $6. <laughs> this one's $4. And then she goes, but when I want to splurge, I go here and I get this dish. It's $30. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, all that adds up. Yeah. We, we just hope those restaurants are all still open when, when we get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we're going back in the right direction now. Yes. Yeah. I guess it's also about like supply and demand. Not many people know about like those like higher price dishes. Like when you look at, let's say a Thai restaurant and you see like uh, a whole um, snapper for, I, I, usually it says market price, but usually it's like $75 or something wow. like that. You're like, oh, I'll never get that. But mm -hmm. when you when you finally get it, you're like, oh, wow, this is very like nice. They put the whole grouper, they either fry it, they prepare it, they put like a ginger sauce on top, they put lots of vegetables. It's elegantly uh, plated too on like a platter. platter. Um, and like when you look at it, you're like, wow, this feeds, this is, this is amazing. Right. But not many people, uh, I guess, like you said, like it's the culture, like you don't really think of wanting to get like, let's say like the equivalence of a nice expensive dry aged steak dinner at a like Asian restaurant. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think it's time for a break. That's why I was looking at you. <laughs> I was looking at my watch. I'm like, wow, we've been going for 30 minutes. Hey, Don, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into some of the really cool topics that you came up with. We'll Sounds be good. right back. As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Cologne shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish well-watered taste, they uh, didn't get scurvy anymore. So they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics. So they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell, Tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you. St. Pete is all about local. And this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 
by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable price as possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, Open Daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. We are back! We are back! We are back with Don Wynn. I refer to you as a super foodie, food influencer, not marketing anymore, but photography for Stillwaters and Bella Brava, and my go-to Asian food advice guy. And you came up with some excellent topics. I think I'm just going to go in order that you said. I think we went through some of them. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the evolution of Asian cuisine, restaurant-wise and, and or in home life. So when I was growing up, uh, Asian restaurants were just Asian restaurants and steakhouses were just steakhouses. Right. And a fish fish places were like fish camps were fish camps. Mm -hmm. But like as I, I guess after college and I got to explore the world more, I started to realize how, how America is so eclectic in, in their food. Like well, I can go to like, let's say a steakhouse and they have some sort of Asian dish mm -hmm. on it. Some people think that's like weird, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like that's, that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like when you get to see like an, like a dish and they do it well too. I'm like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like everybody loves Asian food mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or some sort of Asian food. <laughs> right. Right. And um, it's just like, I see that. And um, it makes me, it makes me proud of like our culture. Like yeah. when I see something uh, like a Vietnamese dish on a, on a menu, I go, I was like, Oh, I wonder if they, they did it justice. And I would eat it. I'm like, wow, this is a lot better than like, you know, just traditional. It's yeah. like, if I wanted something traditional, I would go out to somewhere that would serve that traditional dish. But right. I go out to see what people can do, uh, whether it's like a fusion or anything, the evolution of food. I know like uh, even nowadays, like our own culture, Vietnamese food, some Vietnamese food that you eat nowadays, it's not traditional Vietnamese food. Mm -hmm. um it's it's been evolved in america right like uh i think one of the best examples i can tell somebody is uh a lot, a lot of my friends tell me they want to go back to vietnam and eat pho and i tell them like i want you to know it's not the same right like, what you when you eat pho here it's a luxury it tastes a certain way they use certain quality uh meats they use certain cuts of meats and that's what you get and you love that because they they've evolved with the ingredients 
in this region in America. Mm-hmm. But when you go back to Vietnam, like you'll, you'll be sitting on the floor and like a little kitty chair on the street, <laughs> eating hunched over. Uh, <laughs> there might be bones in your meat, but like, that's how that's the Vietnamese culture. We mm-hmm. love eating, like just even like gnawing on fish bones. Right. Right. They just love doing that and drinking a beer. That's like their normal Monday morning. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm having a flashback to Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in a little kitty chair as large as he was I know, eating bowls and, uh, of like, noodles <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the diff- there's different flavor so like over there it's not as uh salty or it's not even as flavorful mm. they actually add their fish sauce after the fact so i'm not saying it's bland but like it's it's when you compare it to here it's bland and then they add the, they add like the chilies, they add the vinegar. Right. Cause they bring out little condiment bowls. Right. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. look at that as the condiments. Like we look at ketchup and mustard. Oh yeah. We've watched a lot of stuff like, <laughs> but yeah, like even the evolution of just food, it's even for just non-Asians and Asian restaurants. It's just crazy how uh, you can take like uh, even within like Asian cultures, you can take like something from uh, Korea and you can mix it with uh uh, something from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I know somebody the other day, they fed me uh, uh, this um, summer rolls, these summer rolls with the uh, bulgogi in it. I was like, oh, these are really good. I would have never thought to do this, but it's really good. Cool. Or so- even like, um, I know like there's this, uh, uh, it's going viral way back when it was uh, the fumplings. It's called uh, dumplings, the uh. soup dumplings. So like they would put pho inside the soup dumplings. I never had it, but like, like I said, like that's the evolution. Like people are getting so creative nowadays. Well, the fusion crazy. You don't even know what you're going to get on a menu and you don't know what to expect anymore. And like, when you eat it, you're like, wow, I'm so surprised. And like, that's the joy of eating is being like amazed and surprised about what you put in your mouth. Yeah. I I'm totally with you. Totally with you on that. I love trying new things. I I love when chefs and and cooks are creative but you made me think of a couple of things, a couple more questions that go along with talking about like the difference between pho here and in Vietnam. When you were talking about that, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, because it's a common thing with a lot of foods is it might be Americanized somewhat to appeal mm-hmm. more to an American palate. But the other thing I just thought of for the first time is I'm also wondering, again, using the example of the differences between pho is it does it also relate to uh the socioeconomic status in vietnam there's many regions and it's just what was available to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's pretty much it like they in in vietnam they they use everything so like when i mean right. they use everything like whether it's the intestines the the liver they use everything and anything inside the broth. So like when they, when they prepare, like let's say pho, they just put everything in there, like whether it's the bones or not, um, it's just, it's also culture and the, and just socioeconomical. Yeah. I I was reading an article uh, yesterday about, you know, the French colonialization influence. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how the French were there and they wanted a steak. So they slaughtered a cow and then, the Vietnamese people took everything that they didn't use and made pho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But it's crazy how like all those dishes that were considered street food and like, they're just like the leftovers are so popular nowadays. It's like mm-hmm. one of the most 
like it's not even considered street food anymore right <laughs> it's just no. regular food yeah um, yeah right uh, but uh like one of the I guess one of the other dishes that's uh, kind of reminds me of that it's uh, fried rice. Mm-hmm. I actually made fried rice um, for all my employees today. So nice. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, fried rice. It's uh, it used to be just a uh, street food. It was like a poor man's food, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like everywhere that you see, you're like, oh man, you can get a duck fried rice that's like fifteen dollars here. You can get like a confit rice here. I was like, wow, it's like it's crazy how like the evolution of just like food is. Um, from just being like a like a low uh, socioeconomical class on that one and it just ended up being like just it just blew up yeah Yeah. that's pretty cool I love fried rice but I've loved fried rice since I was a a kid I mean Mm -hmm. always so another uh, subtopic you have listed here is the similarities of cuisines yes I think we talked about that Uh, like I said like um, we're all in the same region and then I think uh what you were talking about the other day or just earlier Laos I never realized how um how similar my culture is to Laos mm-hmm. or even just other cultures like when I started eating food I started to look at them like oh this reminds me of this why does it remind me of this I never really questioned it until like just randomly I was like why does my egg roll why is it similar right. to like another cultures mm-hmm. right pretty cool or, that is that is really, or really like cool. uh, wonton soup chinese cultures every time i go to like a chinese restaurant i'm like oh it's there's a wonton with egg noodles but in my culture we call it mi wonton and in mm-hmm. their culture they call it something else and i was like mm-hmm. oh but it's it tastes so similar mm-hmm. so like there's so much like evolution there or just like even migration where like maybe in one part of history somebody went over there or they came over here and they right. brought mm-hmm. the culture to them right and over in uh I, I think the last time I went to Vietnam was about 10 years ago and even just walking the streets actually I didn't walk the streets it's it's dangerous but <laughs> <laughs> driving around in uh the, I guess their uber uh you get to see a lot of just eclectic restaurants over there mm-hmm. it's not just Vietnamese food right um, but it's just, you get to see like even Korean food I saw all over there. Uh, cool. I saw Chinese food. They had dim sum over there. Uh, it's crazy. Even now, uh, I couldn't imagine now, but over there they have, it's just so modernized. You can get anything over there. You can mm-hmm. get like barbecue apparently now. You can get <laughs> smoothies, you name it. Like you can get cool. anything in Vietnam nowadays. That's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. You were also just mentioning how, you know, one cult- culture will bring things to another culture and th- how things evolve. I was watching a series of videos yesterday on Chinese food and they were talking about different mm-hmm. regions. And when they were talking about Sichuan, which is, I guess, famous for, or notorious for, you know, really spicy food. I love it. And, you know, everyone's heard of the Sichuan peppercorn and they, usually they have that combined with a very hot chili pepper. And in these mm-hmm. videos, they were saying the chili peppers didn't originate there. They came from South America. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Right. But it makes I sense. love Szechuan cuisine. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's just like the combination of ma and la. It's like uh, uh, numbing spice and like the heat. And right. the combination of that, it just tastes so good. My favorite dish is, uh, I've been trying to find it all over St. Pete and Tampa. I can't find it. It's uh, Szechuan wontons. Hmm. Basically chili oil wontons. Wow, nice. And somebody that does them well. I do them, but I want to go somewhere else. Right. So you don't have to do the work for once. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 
So would that be found at like a, more at a Chinese restaurant, maybe? The the closest I've ever found, and it's the best I've ever had, it was in Atlanta. And ah. it was this one place called Food Terminal. And if you ever go to Atlanta, you should go there and go to M, uh, not MD, H Mart. Mm-hmm. Go there and go to uh, Food Terminal. Food Terminal is like this really big, like warehouse style restaurant. And it's it's like a hawkers or it's like a street food in like Malaysia. You, you can go like to these sections where like they have different items. You can get curry, you can get uh, like scallion pancake here, or you can get chili wontons. Or you can get a, uh, um, what's it called? A tea drink, like mm-hmm. bubble tea. You name it. You can just go at each little section. They have like the, the that's how their uh, kitchens are arranged, almost like a street food hawk. Cool. And it's just uh, probably one of the best places I've ever had chili wonton. And you'll understand, like, it's just. It's now I'm going to be looking for that. <laughs> numb and spicy. <laughs> I'm going to be looking for that everywhere, especially in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have oh, New York, you'll definitely find it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to become best friends, Don. <laughs> get you to cook for us. You can, you can, uh, you can call me anytime, and I'll bring you over some food. Awesome. <laughs> Let's talk about the difference between Western and Asian food, home life or restaurant life. Home life. So as I was growing up, I, I think I, I talked about this earlier. It's uh, I grew up eating family style food. So my dad was very, he, um, he's very particular about his food. He's not really, he's particular in a sense where he loves having like a main dish, a bowl of rice where everybody can share. Uh, he has also, uh, a, some sort of soup where we can share some pickles, some condiments, some side dishes, uh, and like it's in a veg and a vegetable. And like, we have it all in one big table and everybody just sits around and just eats. And I remember the first time I ate with uh, some of my American friends, I was like, oh, this is weird. That's, <laughs> it wasn't weird, but like, it was just like, we all had our own uh, plate. I was like, oh, this is actually still nice though. And it was, I'm not saying like family food doesn't show that, you know, you're not there with your family. I had a great time with even just like that. Like I, the first time I think I was like maybe 13 years old. I went over to my uh, friend's house and we all had like uh, mashed potatoes and country fried steak, which is actually my favorite now. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just, it, it was amazing. Everybody had their own dish and there were some sides on the middle where you're just like, Hey, you know, you can pass it around. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I see that in like other cultures and it's just amazing how food can bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. Whether if it's like home life or restaurant life, um, there's always aspects of food where like, you can, it brings people together. Right. Right. And I love that. What are some of your personal favorite dishes? Uh, my personal favorite dishes. Well, uh, Korean barbecue. <laughs> I'll, I'll ignore that one. That's unfair. Cause I've, I've been eating it every day. <laughs> um, uh, Asian dishes or just in general. Uh, let's do uh, how about your three of your favorite Asian dishes and three of your favorite other non-Asian dishes? Okay. Um, my one favorite dish, because it's so simple, it's called Tithewai, or it's called Suiyok in Chinese culture. It's a uh, crispy pork belly. Mm. Mm. And a lot of cultures have it. And uh, one of my favorite places, you need to go here, actually. I'm telling you a secret that 
I don't tell many people. Yeah. And don't worry. Nobody listens to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There's this one place that goes, uh, it's, it's on, I think 66th or 62nd. I can't remember, but it's called Bolsa market. It's in a weird, like shady plaza, but it's got the best, that plaza has the best pho. It has the best bun me. And it also has the best crispy pork belly. And the secret is you have to go on a Saturday or Sunday, go at nine o'clock, ask the people at the deli for a number, just say, Hey, I want a number. And then if you get a low number, that's good. Come back at around like 10, 10 o'clock. And then just, you don't need to speak Vietnamese. Just give them like a, like a finger, like one or two or three pounds. They'll know. And then they'll cut you these, uh, this crispy pork belly and mm. legit. It's the best pork belly that you'll ever have. Wow. You can also get the duck there, but uh, it's weird because the duck's really good. Everybody goes there for the crispy pork belly. Right. And if you're the first one there, you'll know that you did it right because within five minutes, there'll be a line behind you up to like 30 people. And wow. half those people won't get their, their crispy pork belly because there's always that one person that gets like <laughs> oh, five pounds. No. <laughs> so you're saying go there at 9 a.m. Yes. Okay. Just, wow. So just like the shop around and then just, just kind of, just kind of guess that you're going to be there for like an hour. It's right. totally worth it. You'll see why. Cool. Wow. That's so, cool. Crispy pork belly is uh, one of my favorites. Um, uh, another Asian is, uh, or another Asian dish is not really a dish, but it's a, I guess it's dim sum. I love mm-hmm. dim sum. Mm-hmm. I, if I could, I would just eat that every every week. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go for dim sum around here? There, uh, Yummy House is probably one of my favorites, but probably because it's salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Nice. There's salt and pepper. Anything, it's super good. Ironically, I have Yummy House's menu. That's what I was doing. I pulled it up on my phone to see if they had your. I didn't know if you'd been there for your um, fried. What was it again? Wontons. The chili wontons. Yeah, chili one. wontons. Yeah, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> But they have everything else that's good. And then uh, my last... Yeah, we haven't been, so we do have to go there. Yeah, yeah. I'll take you there too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best when you have somebody that just orders everything and you're like, you know what? I don't even have to think. No, right. I love food's that. Food's on the table. I can just eat. <laughs> that's awesome. We're in. Totally. Um, uh, my last one would have to be pho. Mm-hmm. Nice. I could eat pho anytime. And in that same plaza, there's a place called Pha King. <laughs> we know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. the other one that just uh <laughs> you can't drive by it without laughing. It's just yeah, <laughs> no, you're, think, you're thinking of um I am? Yeah, you're thinking of the one that's okay. Uh, everybody hold your I'll ears. pronounce it correctly so that way we don't get in trouble. It's it's called uh Big Nah. That's it. Thank you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's what, what I'm that thinking place is of. Super no, good but too. I have seen fucking. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's 60, 66, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're so that has the best. Uh, or Olmerton. You said something was Olmerton. Yeah. Uh, that one is a Matt Joa. Ah, right. Okay. There. But uh, that place has the best chicken wings and pho. And mm-hmm. everybody goes there. You go there at 10, there's already a line out. Wow. wow. That's, That's crazy. Awesome. Have you been to special pho? I uh, have not. Is it good? Um, I don't know. I haven't been, but Haley did a write up on it. And our, she our- Blonde hair, blue eyed, white girls. So <laughs> <laughs> we drove by it the other day. Kevin's like, oh, that's where it is. It's yeah. on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, my uh, really quickly, my favorite uh, other dishes that I love uh, pizza, any pizza. <laughs> <I just laughs> love pizza. That's awesome. I love pizza too. 
just you name it, whether it's sourdough, whether it's like uh, the New York style pizza, deep dish. I don't know. I know some people don't consider deep dish pizza, but mm -hmm. I love deep dish. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, that's my favorite. Uh, authentic tacos is my go-to now too. So no lettuce, cheese, just tomatoes. like street tacos, just onions and cilantro. And onions and cilantro, yeah. Cool. And uh, I've been going to Chili Verde a lot. Mm. Ah, yeah. And they do, I think they do offer both though, right? They offer the American style and traditional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I've only... chorizo. That's good. Mm. I'm addicted. <laughs> yeah. 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 Chorizo. Yeah. It's awesome. And then, now, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, and then ahead. steak, any steak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm totally with you on steak and pizza for sure. And tacos. Have you had the Australian Wagyu skirt steak from St. Pete Meat and Provisions? I have not. You've got I'm going to get, I'm going to get those, uh, short ribs and the skirt steak that you're talking yeah. about oh yeah. my god that skirt steak and you you may have answered this already with the, the last topic but besides asian food what's your favorite ethnicity for food it's not that easy when you're <laughs> a true really foodie easy. it's not easy question it's not easy <laughs> okay you can name three He's still having problems. With this, so, <laughs> I don't know if this counts as an ethnicity, but I love Canadian food. <laughs> wow. Does that count? Uh, give me, give me it's, a dish. It's one of the, it's just, it's just weird. Cause like I went there and it's just, I fell in love with Canada. I went to Montreal mm -hmm. and um, it was but just that's French anything, Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, poutine i don't because it, it had cheese on it <laughs> right 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 uh it was just I, was, I fell in love with the uh poutine and uh montreal bagels i think it was called hmm. and uh it's just weird just like i said like we can get all that stuff here in america but for some reason it was just better there I guess what what they have available to them they make it different just like pizza like new york they have something that's available over there whether it's water i don't know what it is but York style pizza is New York style pizza, mm -hmm. but a uh, uh, Canadian food, if that counts, I love any type of Canadian food, specifically poutine. <laughs> it counts only because it's you. <laughs> no, nobody's given that answer before. And nobody ever will again. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's funny. I guess also Italian. And mm -hmm. it's just, there's so much more than just, I guess, pastas and salad. Just the mm -hmm. Italian. I know it's just pastas and salad for most places, but I feel like there's just so much more to it, whether it's like just even wine. Mm -hmm. Like it just, there's a whole world to it where, where you can just pair things with the, the wine and it just brings out like the flavor to all the dishes and uh, Italian cuisine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Il Ritorno really is uh, the restaurant that opened my eyes to different, um, a, the, the different idea of Italian food. That's not know. just spaghetti meatballs. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They do some and, pretty unique stuff. And then um, Indian food. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like totally. a good, like a good butter chicken or a masala. Oh, the butter chicken's my and, favorite. Um, I've been, I've been uh, on this kick where uh, you get these. Uh, it's called dosas, and like they're these like really thin, um, like flour. I don't know what they're called. They're just like these flour uh, pastries. And like you can either rip it off and dip it, or they make a burrito out of it. Mm. Yeah, cool. 
Wow. And so it's so good. Where do you can go? Come crispy. Uh, uh, there's a, there, I think there's one place near me. It's called a cafe Marsala or Masala. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's good. And I think there's one in Tampa that I go all the time. I just never been named because my brother always orders it. So I just, <laughs> I never question them. Like, sweet, just get me the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Indian food has a, I guess it's a stereotype reputation for being spicy, but it's not all spicy. There's mm-hmm. some, it's not spicy. It's very flavorful, but so I'm not stereotyping, but how spicy do you like stuff? It depends. <laughs> I love eating those. Br- so it's funny. Don't, don't yell at me on this one. So there's this one time yeah. I think you guys were, uh, uh, you guys were laughing about the whole peppers on a photo. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like a whole Thai chili pepper, but I laughed because I was like, you know what? Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Right. I was like, nobody does eat that. But I thought about my mom and like any Vietnamese like mom, they'll eat the whole thing. Right. The, the part, <laughs> like, I, part I was, eat, the part I was making it fun and of then eat a bite of it. Right. Yeah. I was, I was looking for recipes. So I, I just this past year discovered MD Oriental market. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's giant, has a ton of stuff. And I just last year for the first time, got some Thai chili peppers and they're, they're small red peppers that pack a big punch. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you buy them there, I mean, it's a bag, it's like a, it's like a, like a sandwich bag mm-hmm. full, but that's a lot, especially mm-hmm. when I live by myself and Laura and I only get together like Thursday through Sunday, and, but I like stuff really spicy. So I, I love this new discovery, but I mean, so when I go buy them, the minimum amount I have to buy, I can probably do six recipes. So now yeah. I'm looking for new, more recipes. And I see on this site with a recipe, it looked like they used a stock photo of the ingredients. And I see the little Thai chili peppers with, and I was making fun of it because the stems are on them and those stems are, they're like hard. They're like sticks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was making fun of. And then, but no, then you educated me like, no, they probably <laughs> actually do eat them like that. <laughs> it's just the, just well, the, the white stems boy are there. So that way you don't touch the pepper and touch your eye later. Right. Oh right. yeah. Right. Those suckers are but I'll, I'll watch my mom like uh, down like 10 of them in just one dish. I was like, how do you do that? I don't understand. Yeah. I was like, you know, you can freeze them. Like they, they'll stay forever. If you freeze them, just, you don't have to eat them. In one oh yeah. I should do that. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm bad at. He is bad. I, at I always forget to freeze stuff. You do. Yeah. I should do that. So yeah. I mean, we made um, a recipe from Bon Appetit. It was over the summer. It was a, it was a, like a fish soup, which mm-hmm. I know probably sounds weird to most people, but it was amazing. It was super delicious. And the, I think it was like the full recipe was four servings, mm-hmm. four chili peppers went in and you have to know, okay, they're like maybe what an inch to an inch and a half long and yeah. maybe like what a uh, quarter, an eighth of an quarter to an eighth of an inch diameter. So they're really, really tiny, mm-hmm. but like one tiny little pepper. Spice is it pretty good for one portion? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I put six in mine. <laughs> oh yeah, that's too much. Even for me, like I can barely eat uh, one of them because the way I use them, it's kind of uh, what I was talking about with the uh, fish sauce. Um, how like the there's certain brands that I wouldn't just put in a dish and then use it as like a tipping sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like when I make like uh, if I use the three crabs, I would put a little bit of three crabs inside of ramekin and then i would actually take that thai chili pepper and instead of putting it in the dish 
I would put it inside the fish sauce. So you cool. cut it up a little bit and you mash it. So then that way you have like a spicy fish sauce. And then that way, like when you take the, um, like the semi-flavored fish from the uh, fish uh, stock or the fish soup, and you dip it inside the fish sauce, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's almost like eating a different dish. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So as, aside from inside your own head, is there any place uh, that you would recommend to find uh, good Asian recipes? Uh, there's, if you, if you want like Korean, um, recipes, I would say there's a website called like Korean Bopsang mm-hmm. or Mangchi on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I think she's like the most popular where everybody just watches her. Cool. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, Vietnamese cuisine, there's, uh, I think there's a place called Wandering Chopsticks in, uh, Helen's Recipes on YouTube. Oh, cool. Um, I would tell you just to look at like the, like if you look at the if you look up the Vietnamese actual like spelling and the accents into Google, you'll be able to find like a YouTube that can translate like a Vietnamese lady speaking Vietnamese cool. into English, and those are the most authentic uh, recipes I feel. Right. Um, right. With uh, what else is there with Chinese? It's too overwhelming. I can't figure out. <laughs> Even for me, I'm like, I get overwhelmed. I, I can't find a good recipe. There's so many. Whether it's like a Szechuan style or Cantonese style, I can't, I can't figure it out. I, I found my, to date, my favorite recipe for Kung Pao chicken. And they call it, interestingly, the site, the site is seriouseats.com. And mm-hmm. I think they have at least three different recipes for kung pao chicken but the one that i like the best they call real deal kung pao chicken was it made by kenji himself yes i have i have a question so what's your take on msg uh it has its purpose <laughs> yeah it does. i think so like i know i don't I, I read a lot of these articles and i don't know how true they are but i guess this is my stance on it MSG isn't pretty much anything. If you eat, if you eat potato chips, you you got MSG. In I know. Yeah. yeah, It's in Doritos. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, if somebody like kind of complains about like MSG making them sleepy, I'm I'm questioning it's whether they're eating like large amounts of sodium and carbs at the same time, which causes them to be sleepy. Right. I do oh, it right. all the time. I pass out after I eat Chinese food because I know that yeah. I just I just didn't take like three hundred percent of my uh, sodium intake. That day. <laughs> but I just pass out. I'm like, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Woke up with the cotton mouth. I was like, oh, it's so dry. I need water. <laughs> yeah. We, long time ago, we talked about MSG. We I think did. we did a segment on we it. Did. And one of the things I remember is there was an article, something like, if that's true, how come all of Asia doesn't have a headache? Right. Right. <laughs> so we actually have MSG. Yeah, at, I ordered at, it. At home. And we, and and we I use, use it. it a lot. <laughs> it's great. There's one article that said uh, white rice was bad for you. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You might want to look at. You might want to ask all of those people in Asia about. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, we'll end on knives. Okay. Which type of knives do you prefer to work with? I, so, my Instagram. I think you talked. You asked me about my Instagram. I used to do a food blog with my Instagram, and then over time, I just. I just got busy with work and I just stopped doing it. And then uh, actually I have another Instagram that I haven't released yet, but it's, uh, it's going to be all about knives. Oh, cool. And um, my, 
take on knives is uh, there's whatever fits in your hand. And if you can maneuver it, you can cut really well with it. Perfect. Like, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a fake brand, if it's a cheap knockoff brand. Um, there are such. And if like somebody really wants to, you know, learn about it, I can actually, like, I can always guide them through. Um, but my go-to knife, it's actually like a beginner's knife in like the knife world. So if you ever go down that rabbit hole, like you'll start to see like your knives that you, uh, that you see, whether it's like Mercer or Shun, they're just like, they're like the consumer. There's like, yeah, they're, they're the consumer level ones. And then when you get like later on, you're going to start to see like, oh, I've never heard of these knives, but the, these are like the, the Papi Van Winkle of knives, I guess you want to call it, mm -hmm. <laughs> where like the, they're the rare knives that you can't find like uh, Masamoto or like a, um, a like, uh, like a blacksmith's knife mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where they only make like one or two of them. Wow. And I actually have one that has my name on it. That's and awesome. I, my... It, it's not my name. It's not technically my name. It's the blacksmith's name. So he has the same name as me. So he has <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's called Don Win Knives. That's awesome. And oh, I, I found met, that. Yeah. I met right. him about uh, five years ago and we've just, we've just been just talking and I, we, I never realized how similar he is to me, except mm -hmm. he lives in, uh, I think, Arizona and he makes knives and I live in Florida and I'm just an office manager and I do all like payroll and stuff. So it's just crazy. <laughs> but like, I've been like sharing him like on like photography stuff and like kind of marketing stuff. So it's, it's been awesome, but I have one of his knives and I just like, I just like it because I got my team on it. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. I, uh, you, you changed your Instagram name and I'm going to mention it in a sec, but uh, I, I couldn't find your Instagram because you changed it. Mm -hmm. So I was Googling and I found Don with knives. I'm like, nope, that's not him. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty is funny. Is that is it? I, I know one of my friends uh, went up to me like, "Do you make knives?" I'm like, no. That's nah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, check out Don's Instagram. It has some amazing food photography. It's Soju Hungry. S O J U. Soju Hungry. And Soju is an alcoholic beverage, right? It is. I have one right here actually <laughs> nice. do a shot do a shot uh it's it i switched to uh soju because uh i think at the beginning of uh uh 2020 i didn't realize i had it but i had hyperthyroidism something happened and uh like i was losing weight but i was also working out at the same time so i didn't really think about it mm -hmm. and um it was just over time i just i cut out everything i cut out uh like dairy i cut out alcohol and then um after like I realized, I think it was like super late October. I realized that I had hyper, so it was like way well, a little bit too late uh, when I realized it. But uh, I ended up taking meds. I'm super fine, and I had lost the taste for alcohol. Mm. So uh, soju was the only thing that I was just like, you know what? I can still drink this, and I still like it. Like it doesn't give me any adverse effects. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm fine. I still I I still drink whiskey. But <laughs> soju at the time was like my my I guess my hero when I just right. wanted to like just hang out and just uh, socialize, uh, drink socialize. Right. Yeah, and that's it's of Korean origin, right? It is. Oh, which actually I got another question. So, do so we know about sake and Japan. You know, when you, you see, think sake, you think Japan. Mm -hmm. Like when you think tequila, you think Mexico. Gin for England, wh whiskey or bourbon for the U.S. Does what about some of the other Asian cultures besides Japan and Korea? Do they have a, a defining uh, alcohol or liquor? 
Uh, usually it's like a sort of rice wine. Um, mm-hmm. uh, again, like Korea, they, they don't just have soju. Like way back when they had uh, makgeolli. And it was like a, a cloudy rice wine that it was just like fermented. And that's what they drink. It, it was like a sweeter, um, sweeter type of alcohol drink, mm-hmm. uh, low content. Uh, in Vietnamese culture, I don't remember us having like a type of alcohol other than like the only thing that stands out is a uh, 33 beer. Mm-hmm. And it was it's called Ba Ba Ba, uh, which is which means 33. And it's just a, I think 33 export. And they just love beer over there. Cool. Can you get <laughs> like, that here? It. Uh, I think so. I, th- I feel like you can get a total wine, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, in Vietnamese culture, we're, we're, they're very weird. Like they'll eat, they'll drink their beer with ice. Mm. So huh. if you ever go to like a Vietnamese wedding, like don't get weird out by like anybody that puts ice or drinks Heineken on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's, it's normal to them. That's funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Japan, that's soju, or not soju, sake. sake. Um, Chinese culture, I don't know. Tea. Yeah, China... <laughs> <laughs> right. I yeah, don't think you... we really have much uh, like uh, alcohol over there. Right. Okay. Japanese whiskey, that's pretty much it. Okay. That's right. all I can think of. Okay, that's cool. Because, you know, like when I make Mexican food, I want to have a margarita. Mm-hmm. When I have Japanese food, I want to have some sake. And I'm, I've been doing all these Chinese stir fries. And I'm like, I'm having a martini because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Beer, probably on ice. <laughs> I always yeah. joke with my friends about that. I was like, can you imagine me going to a Vietnamese restaurant, ordering pho? And I'm like, I want your finest bottle of wine, please. <laughs> uh-huh. right. Like I think get, eating, like drinking an Opus One while eating pho. It just, it just, I don't know if it pairs well, but I don't think it does. <laughs> right. You'd be, be like drinking Opus One with a hamburger. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, I don't think they'd have a problem with that. Right. Don Wynn, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Don. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I'll make you guys food. Oh, I will. I'm actually <laughs> making food for uh, Bella Province Stillwaters today. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to get a job over there just for that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're looking. We're hiring. <laughs> Everybody's hiring. Everybody is. <laughs> right. I will work for food. Yeah. 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 All, right. All right. We are out. We'll be right back. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm-hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for the fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant Parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, best casual dining, best pizza, best Bloody Marys, best meatballs, and believe it or not, best salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. 
Where can you find the freshest fish in St. Pete? Well, you can't get fresher than caught that day. That's what you'll find at Trophy Fish. The day boat special includes the fresh catch of the day, cooked how you want it, with your choice of two sides and a house-made sauce. They also have some incredible appetizers, like grilled street corn that's like crack, that stuff's so good, incredible grilled oysters, fresh fish spread, and much more. You will also find some options for the land lovers out there. All of this set in a setting that makes you feel serene and relaxed with your toes in the sand, like a day at the beach. They like to call their concept, Bait Shop Chic. So head on down to Trophy Fish, where you can grab a boat drink from their full bar and fill your tummy with the freshest catch around. Trophy Fish is located at 2060 Central Avenue in the Grand Central District. They are open Wednesday through Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 12 to 3 for brunch and at 5 for dinner. As I mentioned in the last segment with Don, we did Korean barbecue using the Creekstone Farms flank steak from St. Pete Meat and Provisions. Well, he sure did. And that's what Chef David Benstock suggested when I asked him. And for those that don't know, Chef Benstock is the chef and co-owner of Il Ritorno, along with his wife, Erica. And they, along with Brooke and Pete Boyd of Boyd Construction and Hype Group, own St. Pete Meat and Provisions. Yes. And we never... We'd never done Korean barbecue before, and we almost didn't do it as we're city slickers with no charcoal or gas grill. (laughs) But we decided to go ahead anyway. I figured we could do it in a cast iron or under the broiler. The flavor was amazing. It was. I used Bon Appetit's basic bulgogi recipe from the November 2015 issue. The marinade was killer. It was hot, sweet, and salty, and had grated pear, grated garlic, and grated ginger with soy sauce, toasted sesame oil, light brown sugar, and crushed red pepper flakes, which were my substitute for gochugaru. Right. Which is a Korean yes. uh, hot pepper. Yeah, it was really good. Mm. So I sliced the flank steak on a steep bias against the grain to get nice, long, thin pieces and marinated it for eight hours. We accompanied it with wok stir-fried shiitake mushrooms, bok choy, and shaved carrots that I finished with toasted sesame oil. Mm-hmm. And then we also had some sticky white rice and kimchi. We did. It was delicious. Yeah. And you did a nice bowl on that. You saw the post that. Yeah. I, I know. I'm going to work on that <laughs> right now. We did uh, decide because we had some leftover bacon grease from the morning's uh, bacon from St. Pete meat to cook, right. to cook it on the, the tray with the bacon grease, which instead of getting that sear or char that we were wanting we kind of confeded instead but yeah. it was still delicious it was still delicious yeah. yeah so i we have some leftovers i'm going to try to just get a cast iron like super hot mm-hmm. and just throw them in there for like 10 seconds on each side and see how that does if i get any char in it so a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about saint pete meat we mentioned that they are expanding the butcher shop right and as part of that expansion on my most recent visit i was pleasantly surprised to find Matt Bonanno behind the counter. And he, Matt is formerly of uh, Brooklyn South. Yep. Which he sold two weeks before the initial shutdown. Right. Right. And while picking up the flank steak, I also got some duck eggs and pecan smoked bacon. And we had that for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And Matt was also showing me the sausages he just made. They are Bajan Caribbean 
chicken sausages. It's B-A-J-A-N. And that word is what's used to refer to people that live in Barbados. Ah, okay. So like we're Americans. We live here uh, in Barbados. They're Bajans. Got it. And he told me, yeah, he told me that. Interestingly, when I Googled Bajan sausage, even in quotes, you get no information on it. Just restaurants in Barbados. That's funny. But the flavoring is a nice mild curry. So Matt... And I don't know if you said this, is currently the butcher now. They're going to actually have a butcher there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks that way. Pretty cool. Yeah. So St. Pete Meat and Provisions, they provide the highest restaurant quality meat, including from local independent farms and ranchers where the animals are free range and pasture raised. Uh, they're treated humanely and raised with care. And you will never find items from large national food suppliers at St. Pete Meat and Provisions. Some of the offerings include beef, poultry, pork, and lamb, steaks, burgers, short ribs, chicken cuts, duck breasts, duck legs, quail, and farm fresh eggs, name a few. Duck eggs. Mm Mm-hmm. I said that. Oh, sorry. They have added uh, recently Wagyu steaks, house-ground Wagyu burgers, and sausage, and they're always making some new stuff, too, like that new sausage from Barbados. Right. So you're always going to find different things uh, that I might not have mentioned. There's coming soon is cheese and charcuterie as well Mm -hmm. and also craft beer and wine and they're going to have some cooking tools and seasonings and spices marinades pickled items and the new hours now are seven days a week from 10 30 a.m to 7 p.m they they are at 449 central avenue in downtown st pete and the website is stpetemeat.com we'll be right back This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. We have four new items on the website. There's one news piece and three new restaurant reviews. The news is that Beans and Barler... Uh, they, if you don't know, they have alcohol-infused ice cream and all kinds of sweets and desserts and New York bagels. They are moving to the 400 block of Central Avenue. That's the spot that was briefly Salad Chop, and before that it was the Cupcake Spot and 28 Grams Pizza. They will be in that spot in June. Currently, they're next to St. Pete Brewing on First Ave North. That's around the 500 block. We have restaurant reviews of Bowie's Waterfront Bar and Grill in St. Pete Beach, Il Retorno's new spring menu, which is phenomenal, and the brand new, just opening this Friday, 22nd South Food Hall. They have six concepts, including sushi, Cajun, Jamaican, American, and at the friends and family last night, we ate 12 different items, and they are all on the website, and they were super delicious. You'll find all of that and more at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, our guest is Olive Davis, formerly of Stella's in Gulfport, and now at the new Salty Sandwich Bar in Gulfport, which we reviewed back in January. If you want to get in touch, just drop us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Don Wynn. Thanks to St. Pete Meat and Provisions for the steak. And thanks to our sponsors, Trophy Fish, Dr. Barbecues, Rolling Oats, The Zest Podcast, Noble Crust, Booyah Ramen, and, and Engine, Engine Number 9. 9. Our announcer is Candace Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. 
And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. So good. I want a cheeseburger. This is a special soup called pho. You told me not to say that word.